This is Poldark Fancast, a podcast that's sometimes about Poldark, and we are your hosts. I'm Michelle. I live in the States, on the West Coast, which is on fire. Mm. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses, and I tweet at Musings. And my name is Rita. I live in England that is figuratively on fire, <laughs> and I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark, and I tweet at Rita Bites. And welcome back to another quarantine mini-sode. We're here every week during the coronavirus crisis with a new mini-sized podcast to listen to, where we discuss something we watched that week. This week we watched episode 3 of season 1 of Downton Abbey, aka Mr. Pamuk vs. Mary's Vagina. <laughs> but as always, before we talk about the thing, let's learn about it in our Wikipedia corner. Alrighty then. Uh, Downton Abbey is a British historical drama television series set in the early 20th century, created and co-written by Julian Fellows. The series first aired on ITV in England. (laughs) Excuse me. Yes. Okay, I found this on the web for series first aired on ITV in England. Check it out. Shut up, Siri! (laughs) What the fuck?! I didn't ask you to do a damn thing. Get over there. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. The series first aired on ITV in the UK on the 26th of September, 2010. The series explores the lives of the fictional Crawley family, the hereditary Earls of Grantham, and their domestic servants. The storyline centers on the fee tale, or entail, governing the titled elite, which endows title and estate exclusively to male heirs. As part of the backstory, the main character, Robert Crawley, Earl of Grantham, played by Hugh Bonneville, had resolved his father's past financial difficulties by marrying Cora Levinson, who's played by Elizabeth McGovern, an American heiress. Her considerable dowry is now contractually contractually incorporated into the committal entail in perpetuity. However, Robert and Cora have three daughters and no son. What a failure on the part of her reproductive system, right? Am I right, ladies? Yeah, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, as the eldest daughter, Lady Mary Crawley, played by Michelle Dockery, had agreed to marry her her second cousin, which is a little incestuous, Patrick, the son of then-heir, presumptive James Crawley. The series begins the day after the sinking of the RMS Titanic on the 14th, 15th of April, 1912, which also happens to be my birthday, Day of Natural (laughs) Disasters, that's all I'm saying. Oh, wow. Uh, The first episode starts as news reaches Downton Abbey that both James and Patrick have perished in the sinking of the ocean liner. Soon it is is discovered that a more distant male cousin, solicitor Matthew Crawley, played by Dan Stevens, the son of an upper-middle-class doctor, has become the next heir presumptive. The story initially centres on the relationship between Lady Mary and Matthew, who resist embracing an aristocratic lifestyle, while Lady Mary resists her own attraction to the handsome new heir presumptive. How many times did I just have to say heir presumptive? Okay, we get it. (laughs) At Metacritic, the first series received an average score of 91 out of 100, 
This result earned the show a Guinness World Record in 2011 for highest critical review ratings for a TV show, making Downton Abbey the critically best-received TV show in the world. And the following year, it was nominated for 11 Emmys. Having said that, we still managed to find some fun quotes with some legitimate critiques of the show. <laughs> because... We are pulled our fan cast. <laughs> you gotta focus on the downsides. Am exactly, I right? exactly. Um, <laughs> um, most popular was the assessment that the show had a relatively sympathetic portrayal of the aristocratic family and the class-based society of the early 20th century. James Fenton wrote in the New York Review of Books, Quote, it is noticeable that the aristocrats in this series, even the ones who are supposed to be the most ridiculous, never lapse into the most offensive kind of upper-class drawl one would expect of them. Great care has been taken to keep them pleasant and approachable, even when the things they say are sometimes shown to be class-bound and unfeeling. End quote. James Parker, writing at The Atlantic, said... Preposterous as history, preposterous as drama, the show succeeds magnificently as bad television. The dialogue spins light op operatically along in the service of multiplying plotlets. Not too hard on the ear, although now and again a line lands like a tray of dropped spoons. <laughs> the acting is superb. It has to be. Ben W. Henneman Jr. compared the series unfavorably to Brideshead Revisited, writing, Downton Abbey is entertainment. Its illustrious predecessor in television me mega success about the English upper class, Brideshead Revisited, is art. He also mm. noted the lack of character development in Downton, writing in the Sunday Times, A.A. Gill said that the show is everything I despise and despair of on British television. National trust sentimentality, costumed comfort drama that flogs an embarrassing, demeaning and bogus vision of the place I live in. Good God! <laughs> oh, wow. Those poor guys and gals. I'm not going to assume gender here. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, let's see. So, uh, we watched episode three of the first season, which was written by Julian Fellows, directed by Ben Bolt, and has the following episode description. March 1913, Evelyn Napier, son of a peer, visits the family with a dashing Turkish diplomat, Mr. Kemal Pamuk, played by... <sighs> Theo James, who is in London for the Albanian independence negotiations, and Mary is smitten. Thomas is also attracted to him, because Thomas. Uh, Mr. Pamuk comes into Mary's room and seduces her, but dies in her bed. To avert scandal, Mary is forced to get Anna and her mother to move Mr. Pamuk's body back to his room. Cora is horrified by Mary's behavior, but promises not to tell Robert. <laughs> uh, so, um, what's your relationship to Downton Abbey? When did you first watch it? Oh, I first watched it when it aired on um, Masterpiece Theater here on PBS. Um, 
and, and I think it was, if not the same year that it aired um, on uh, in the UK, uh, but maybe the the year after. Um, Probably because it aired right at the end of the year here, so it yeah, would have been yeah. the next one. Yeah. So um, I freaking loved the series. Um, I have the entire series on DVD. Uh, and I also have a book about um, Downton Abbey as well. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I was I couldn't get enough of it. How about you? So I was really into the first season. I remember watching it live as it aired. And I don't like to watch TV live <laughs> because I find <laughs> the ad breaks really annoying. But I remember like texting my friends through it because we were all watching it. At the same time, it was like mm-hmm. a really popular show. I think it was one of the biggest um, mm-hmm. debuts of that year. Um, but by around season two, I was getting kind of tired of the writing and I completely stopped in season three after Sybil's death. So oh, I have not seen the latest seasons and you know it's bad when not even Matthew Good's presence could convince me to watch it. That's, oh my lord. Exactly. That, 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 is, that is bad. Oh god, that I love bad. Matthew Good so much. But I know no. you do. I know you do. Um... You know, and as far as, 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 you know, how the, the series ran, you know, it did start to get pretty tired towards the end. Um, but I, I couldn't stop watching it. Um, I loved, I loved this series all the way to Sybil's death. Yes. Sybil's death broke me. Yeah, Sybil's death was was just horrible. I mean, when they killed off Matthew, first of all, I was like, "Oh, you dicks!" <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, after all of that, and you're gonna kill him off. Awesome. Um, but um, then they went and killed Sybil in that awful, awful episode. Um, and you know, I. I continued to watch the series because, you know, I had to figure out what happened. But um, but I was truly riveted during the, especially the first two seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Season two with all of the um, World War I um, activity uh, was really pretty amazing. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a little hokey that Matthew, you know, was paralyzed and then came back, came back. Yeah, it, it was it, a little hokey, but, you know, I was like, okay. He, he was I'll, just popping back it. and forth from the war like he was on a mini break. It was insane. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's funny what you can look past while you, you're like still invested and you're enjoying the show so you just go with it but then when you look back you're like absolutely you're like what why was that happening and also uh, why absolutely. did Sybil and why did, why was she having the same conversation like 17 times over the course of the war mm-hmm. like trying to decide what to do I'm like that five years yeah. have passed you've not done anything what's going on uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah. anyway so any anyhow 
<laughs> what did you think of the episode overall? What was it like rewatching it? It was a blast. I haven't watched um I haven't watched the show in several years. Uh, obviously my attention was pretty much um wrenched from Downton Abbey over to Poldark <laughs> when that uh aired in uh 2015. Um but uh watching this episode again um it it still felt fresh i mean it it didn't feel like i was watching something that was like oh yeah this again um i enjoyed every minute of it it was very fun how about you i really enjoyed all of the sort of farcical stuff with mr pamuk and mary um Some of the other storylines I find really hard to rewatch because they're so silly. Um, the whole thing with Gwen's typewriter and everyone oh, being the typewriter. Oh my god, ridiculous! Horrified by it, it was like, yes. Oh my god, what is this thing? Oh my god, and everyone <gasps> getting it? up what in her b- business, like even the people upstairs yeah. talking about it. I was like, oh, this is tiresome. Leave her alone! <laughs> and then also, like, knowing that she's not really, like, that important of a character and she's going to bugger off to be in Game of Thrones, it was like, why are we investing in this? <laughs> there wasn't enough Sybil! All she did was have, like, she had literally two lines, one at the dinner table where she's like, I think it's good Queen wants to be a secretary. And then later on where she's like, there's an advert! And I was like, is that all you get to do? Like, w- why are you here? I think <laughs> that is kind of my frustration with Downton Abbey. There's so many characters. There's like mm-hmm. 55 plots going on at the same time during a series and you can't <laughs> follow all of them and then you'll see a character and you'll really like them but you won't get to know them for like three more episodes and it's like really frustrating. <sighs> <laughs> More Sybil, please. <laughs> more Sybil. More Sybil. Um, speaking of favorite characters, um, uh, in this episode, um, who were some of your favorite characters and performances? Um, Edith has always got, had, like, a, a, like, I just love her and her tragic little trying to get attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could see her just withering away in that church. <laughs> yes. She is the um, early 20th century Jan Brady. For those of you that have watched The Brady Bunch, you'll, you'll understand the reference. Um, but, um, you know, I think uh, I love... Um, oh, God, her name just flew out of my head. Um, I love the head... Um, Housekeeper, you know who I'm talking about. I, you know, this is what I get for not having the uh, cast information up. Um, it's Mrs. Hughes. I I I always love Aww. Mrs. Hughes. Um, you gotta love a Scottish lady. <laughs> she's so much fun. Um, I think um, as we discussed, um, I had discovered. Um, the show because of Brendan Coyle and his performance in Lark's Rise to Campbellford. Um, or no, excuse me. I'd seen him in something else. Then he was in Downton. And then I just had to start going down the rabbit hole. Um, 
to find other shows that he was in and um, discovered Lark's Rise um, um, to Candleford, which uh, I adore. Um, and I would love to do that for the show, actually. Um, it, yeah. And uh, anyhow, um, so, and I loved the storyline between uh, Bates and Anna. I really don't like that as a couple. <laughs> I don't see any chemistry between them. So the whole, that relationship was one of the things that made me like, am Aww. I insane? Why does everybody else like this thing on the show? Aww. Like maybe, and it was a big part of the show. Oh yeah. Was, so I was, yeah. it was one of the many things that made me like, I should stop watching it then because I don't really see it for them. Yeah, it got, it got, um, really, got really tense, um, in the later series when, um, <clears throat> there is an, there's an event at the Abbey and, um, so they have, uh, guests who bring their own staff with them. Uh, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there is a, a gentleman who winds up um, coming to serve with, you know, the person that has uh, joined the gathering. And he rapes Anna. And, um, yeah, and it was, it, it was pretty graphic. It was one of those things that was like, okay, this is this deserves a massive trigger warning kind of blinking on the screen um, because it's not it's it is not it's very clear that that's what happens um, and so you know her recovery from the assault and um, the impact that it has on the marriage and the whole nine yards that became a major plot point in the later series. Honestly, that doesn't sound like something I would want to watch because yeah. the problem it, with the problem with it, I think, is that it's just exploitative for drama's sake rather than for like like actual good storytelling. Mm. A lot of the stuff they did on Downton Abbey was just like shock and plot twists and sometimes mm -hmm. stuff doesn't even go anywhere. Mm -hmm. There was a moment where at the end of the episode where um um O'Brien was like digging information out of Thomas and I was like thinking like well she doesn't really like do anything major with that. She just it just sort of like festers in the back. Remember mm -hmm. when she like puts the soap on the floor oh, and makes her God. lose her baby and like th there's so many things that are really yeah. dramatic but kind of go nowhere like ultimately it's like all these characters are just trapped in the same place they were when they started and I find that like so frustrating coming back and watching it and being like yes this is a good story <laughs> like I, li I like enjoy watching the plot for the episode but knowing that it's not gonna go anywhere really Mm -hmm. Even with uh, this whole Pamuk thing, it sort of lingers for a while and then gets completely forgotten. <laughs> like, there's a point in season two where they bring it back up and I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> 
they concealed a dead body. Um, that's just one of the many crazy things that happen to these people. The amount of drama that goes on. It's like Dynasty or Dallas, where just mm-hmm. so much stuff builds up that you're like immune. <laughs> yeah. You're like, dead body accidentally, well, on purpose killed her baby. <laughs> just, yeah. just yeah. people being terrible upon other people being terrible upon other people mm-hmm. being terrible. It's tiring, man. All I wanted was Lady Sybil to be happy. <laughs> Favorite moments? Um, I loved the hilarity of uh, taking Mr. Pamuk's body back to his room. Um, her um, mother, Cora's horror <laughs> over the entire situation, and you know the three of them shuffling <laughs> down the hall <laughs> with. It's so funny. It is, it is, it is hysterical. And Theo James, bless his heart, you know, he's got to play dead and flop around. And be naked. Oh my (laughs) God. Can you imagine being naked and dead? (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Just too funny. And the part where they wind up getting him into bed and clearly they wound up with a sheet around him to try and, you know, protect his modesty. <laughs> um, and, you know, the the big, okay, one, two, three, pull the sheet, cover him up. <laughs> I love the way she yanked the sheet away. She was like, I hate this. Yes. Oh, my God. It was awesome. Um, it was just awesome. <laughs> I also found it, with, like, I know it's supposed to be sad, but Mary trying to close his eyes and them not closing. Yes. I'm <laughs> like, uh, it's probably like a really traumatic event for her, but I found this really funny. <laughs> just from start, just him entering her bedchamber and her being like, Oh, yes. <gasps> How dare and you? Getting, you know, like, scrambling out of bed. Her scramble out of bed was, was amazing. Oh. It was like, it was like this almost balletic motion of kind of horror grasp. Okay. How how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Everything he did was like really obvious, like rake energy and her being so shocked and appalled, but still doing it anyway was really funny. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, you can't resist Theo James, even with his dodgy hair. Um, I think one of the things that I noticed, um, not that I, you know, wasn't aware of it in the, when I first watched the show, was just how yes Mary was when it came to her interest in Pamuk. I mean, it was just like, okay, <laughs> could you try for being a little more subtle about, you know, she literally, this guy? like, she's in mid-conversation with other people and she just yeah. walks off. <laughs> I'm like, like, excuse me. That's really rude. Wow. Wow. Uh, the thirst yeah. is obvious. Also, just, like, when she first sees him, like, riding up to her, she does, uh, like, a uh, whole, like, double take jaw on the what? floor. Like, oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, you know, it... it... <laughs> If it was an animated scene, there would have been like little hearts zooming out of her eyes. 
Can you blame her, though? I would have been the same. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, he looked he looked absolutely magnificent on that horse in his riding gear. I was like, oh, sweet lord. I loved all of the, like, <laughs> subtle jabs to him being foreign. And then he shows up and he's got, like, the most perfect British accent ever. He's like, yes. hello, I'm wonderful and perfect <laughs> and everybody wants me. <laughs> God. How how about poor Thomas flinging himself at uh, Mr. Pamuk? I was just... That was so dumb of him. <laughs> like, I'm just like... Yeah. like I get it. He is very attractive. But in a situation where Thomas is like... It's literally a life-threatening thing to be openly gay <laughs> in this society. And he's just like hitting on everyone <laughs> as soon as they walk in. He just... <sighs> I think he could have been slightly more subtle, like that, touching his face. I know, It's too right? much, Thomas. I mean... You know, and like within, what, <laughs> 15, 20 minutes of meeting the man? Come on, dude. <laughs> and you, I think, like, the thing with um, Theo James's performance is I think he was picking up on the vibes earlier that's why he was like trying to do his own tie and then he's like oh fuck i can't do it you're gonna have uh-huh. to do it for me and then he's like oh i knew this would happen i wonder how many times people have hit on him when he's been like getting dressed and <laughs> oh, because he's he's beautiful as anna said she is correct i think he's beautiful he's very beautiful yes what great casting yes, yes. Mm-hmm. well done um, and I think that was the first time I, I think that was the first time I'd seen Theo James. And I was like, who the hell is this? <laughs> and yeah, that and is like his breakout role, isn't it? And then he got loads of other mm-hmm. stuff. And he's so memorable. Like when I think of Downton Abbey, this is one of the episodes that like sticks out for me. It's like the oh, Pamuk yeah. incident. <laughs> well, the, the fact that his name is Pamuk is insane, by the way. <laughs> like it's such a... <laughs> I didn't even remember this whole Albanian independence thing. I thought like, oh, there's just a foreigner coming. Um, oh, yeah. It's weird that um, there's these weird like attempts at trying to make it historically accurate because you've got like the Titanic and like all these mm-hmm. events sort of trying to be woven in, but they just like completely forgettable. Completely. <laughs> yeah. I'm not much of a World War One scholar. Um, I'm assuming that these peace talks were part of part of the lead up to the I war. I think this might be a um, legacy from you know the Crimea War, the one between oh, England and oh, yeah, Russia. Yeah. That whole area was a bit of a mess after that. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. Um, You're right. Yeah. Oh God. And I also really liked all of the Dowager Countess's like snide little like oh digs about her being foreign. How can you not love Maggie Smith? How can you not love Maggie Smith? Um, I mean that that was one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite things about the show all the way through. Obviously Maggie Smith, but also um, all of the um, little. <laughs> that um, that uh, she has with uh, Matthew's mother. Oh, 
who's who is played by one of my other all-time favorite um british actresses uh penelope i have to say every time penelope wilton was on screen i felt like it was a solve to any any issues (laughs) i had with the show i was just like just give me more of isabel like she's just a oh (laughs) that's the thing like i like so many of these characters but i only get them in tiny little tiny little doses and it's really frustrating because i'm like i love her and how completely like just so sensible she's so delightful she's like of of course (laughs) the maid should try to better herself yes did you remember that daisy saw the dead body by the way because i was like "Ah!" (laughs) i remembered that somebody saw it and then when she saw it um, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember how all this winds up messing with her head and everything. But yeah. Oh, Daisy. Poor, poor, poor little Daisy. Poor and little then Daisy. they, I like, um, the setup for so many of the other storylines coming later on in the season. You've got, like, uh, what's, what's the name of the cook? Oh, yes. When she uh, can't uh, see the uh, flower and you're uh, like. Mrs. <gasps> Mrs. Patmore. Yeah. She's going blind. <laughs> She winds up having cataract surgery. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> a lot of injuries going around <laughs> down below stairs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, including, um, including Thomas shooting himself in the <laughs> yes. hand uh, so that he can, he can get out of the war. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, like, something like, about how incredibly single-minded Thomas is draws me to him despite the fact that I think he's sort of like <laughs> uh George Willuggan in his obvious nasty man qualities yes yeah 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 oh gosh uh let's see and I know we've talked about uh stuff that you didn't like <laughs> Definitely. especially especially around this episode um um, what I forgot that Downton Abbey did a lot is the sort of blurred edges of the scene. In Oh, yeah! Um, it's something that drove me up the wall when I was watching it live because I was watching it on, like, quite a small screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, now... Oh, great! Now that I'm watching it like on a bigger TV and in HD, it still drives me crazy because I feel like sometimes you just want to look at the costumes and the opulent rooms and like mm-hmm. get drawn into mm-hmm. the scene, and you can't because it's all a mm-hmm. bit fuzzy around the edges, and it's like a really weird yeah. stylistic choice that I don't like. I think they yeah. kind of tried to copy yeah. that in bits in Poldark later on, and I remember being like, "Why are we mm-hmm. doing this?" why is there sun flares <laughs> what are we doing stop it just show me the things i don't oh, need god, this the sun flares yes oh god the sun flares <laughs> oh let's let, let, let's but yeah wipe i hadn't i hadn't uh realized um you know the fuzzy screen thing um when i was watching it originally um but um you know we were we were watching it on uh big screen television so it it didn't really strike me as much it didn't really strike me as much until i was watching i watched the episode for you know this show i watched it on my phone (laughs) (laughs) 
And so I was watching a very teeny, teeny screen and had taken my glasses off and had it fairly close <laughs> to my face so I could actually see it and really noticed it um, this time around. And I was like, oh, stop it. <laughs> I think it, I, I, I used more. to see it on like uh, screen caps and stuff back when Tumblr was still doing mm-hmm. that. Um, and yeah. It was really annoying whenever I was trying to gif anything. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like, why Why are we doing this? I don't really... Like, why? I can't even think of a stylistic <laughs> reason you would choose to do this. <laughs> it's like, er- everything about the show is so, like, gorgeously produced. Like, the settings, the costumes, mm-hmm. the hair, everything. And then you're, yeah. like, making it fuzzy. <laughs> What a waste of everybody's time. I wonder if they do that in the movie. Um, I'm trying to remember. Did you watch the movie? Yes. Did you like the movie? Yeah, I did. What was the point of the movie, by the way? Um, I thought, you know, I I thought that they went a little overboard with trying to tie up all the plot lines, you know, Uh, and so. That got a little tiresome, but um, overall, um, I enjoyed it. Strangely enough, I didn't think I would, but I did. So, what would you give this episode out of 10? Mm, I think I'd give it 8 out of 10. Okay. Why? Um, I, Justify I thought yourself. it was enjoyable. I mean, I thought it was enjoyable. You know, all of the the, the scenery, the... I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of fox hunting. Um, oh God! At all, um, but um, the regalia, the uh, horses, you know, the whole that whole scene with all the dogs barking, and you know, Thomas and and William out, you know, serving them cakes and drinks and things like that. I found that to be just just wonderful. You know, again. You know, one of the things that, you know, you had mentioned about, you know, like the the production of the show, you know, that it's just one of those additional things um, that I I love about the show and scenes like that, um, you know, are one of the reasons why I loved the show, you know, just seeing that side of things. Um, not so much the hunting, but... We didn't have to see a lot of it. No, you know, um, you know, them eating cake and drinking whatever it was they were drinking. I was good with that. And, and shout out um, to Mary's little veil over her top hat. That was like, yes. oh, such a stylish yes. touch. I was, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. The drama of it um, all. Yeah. And, you know, good for her for jumping <laughs> that <laughs> fence while riding side saddle. Oh, I God. mean, well done. Well, um, well done but, to the uh, stub lady yeah. that obviously did it not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, true enough, true enough. Um, but uh, uh, I just, I, I just really enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed the show, and it was early enough so that, um, you know, you were still getting to know some of the characters, and um, you know, intrigue is building. You know, I mean, I used to love watching soap operas. So, you know, this was, 
this was my the prettiest soap opera I'd ever seen. So yeah, <laughs> I think Dallas ain't got shit on the amount of money oh, and like drama no. they have. <laughs> no, no. I, so I anyway, think for me, I would give it like a like a seven. Um, as much as I like shit on the show. <laughs> I did really, really enjoy it when it was on. There was a reason I was yeah. so gripped and also a reason why I got so disheartened um, was because I really mm-hmm. did enjoy the show and this is definitely one of those episodes that drew me in. Um, yeah, There were things that I didn't like about it, but they didn't really distract me from the fact that it was intensely watchable. It was just like really mm-hmm. gripping. Everything to do with Pamuk was hilarious, and all of the other stuff I didn't like were relatively short scenes. So that's the other mm-hmm. thing. Like you get the benefit of liking all of these different storylines, and if there's something that you don't like, you don't have to wait very long, and it'll be gone. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. So anyway. We're on to... What have we got in the inbox? Inbox. First email said, Hello, Michelle and Rita. What a fun week. High five to the listener who suggested this particular episode of Downton Abbey. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Yes. When I first began watching the series years ago, this was the episode that made me sit up and take notice. When Mr. Pamuk dies in Mary's bed, the viewer knows it's not going to be your typical historical drama. And to get ready for plenty of fun, surprises and secrets. Downton Abbey had it all. Excellent writing. Questionable. Thank you, Julian Fellows. <laughs> the gorgeous setting of High Clare Castle, incredible costumes, and superb casting. Maggie Smith is genius with her lines. What is a weekend? <laughs> oh my god, that was priceless. <laughs> uh, the only downside in rewatching the episode was seeing Sybil and mourning over her future. Oh. Yeah. Uh, still, I. R.I.P. Sybil. <laughs> R.I.P. I think, like, mm-hmm. Sybil's death is the most traumatic thing to mm-hmm. ever happen on television. <laughs> that, that's coming from me. Anyway, uh, still, I now want to watch every episode again. Thanks for pointing me towards mm-hmm. splendid pandemic, splendid pandemic diversion, Diane. <laughs> Yeah, well, this this could take you through um, several weeks <laughs> <laughs> of our pa- pandemic, so uh, buckle in, folks. Wasn't there a Spanish um, influenza uh, episode, though, where... Um, oh, yeah. What's his face? Yeah, that's coming up in, in, Beyonce epi- died. in season two. Yeah, you don't want to watch that. Yeah, you don't, conveniently. You don't want to see that right now with your eyes. No. Don't do it. No, don't do it. That, that might be a little much, although it was... I think there were only... You know, a couple people affected by the flu. Um, you know, Cora being one of them. Um, you know, I honestly think it would have impacted. They would have many all more got it. It was so contagious. Would, yeah, yeah, it would have been pretty awful. So, uh, anyway, uh, next letter. Uh, hi, lovely podcast ladies. I've been catching up on your podcasts and have some comments and some more recommendations uh, regarding far from the matting crowd. There is another version, and it's a mini-series from 1998. Um, it gets a slightly better IMDb rating, uh, 7.4 versus 2015, 7.1. Uh, I'm not sure if I've seen it. I saw a version a few years ago that may have been it, 
but so far I only see it available on DVD. Damn. Um, let's see. Regarding North and South, sorry there was so much death. <laughs> uh, like Rita, I was counting the number of people who died when I watched it this time. Uh, I still enjoyed watching it again. That ending, oh God. Uh, the way Thornton looks at Margaret, worth yeah. it every time. Oh my Lord, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm trapped in his gaze and I can't move. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, regarding Radioactive. I wouldn't have watched this if it weren't for you guys. The ratings were scaring me away, but I'm glad I did. And after listening to your podcast, I appreciate it. Oh, more. good. I finally got <laughs> I finally got a hold of the 1975 Poldark DVDs. Thank you, Public Library. And I'm trying to watch and listen to your commentary at the same time, but it's tough to keep them in sync. Yeah, I, I bet it is. Um, I just finished 109 and laughed at the song you added at the end, Phil Collins, <laughs> a.k.a. Judd. <laughs> that made me laugh, although new Judd is much better. I can't believe they didn't use the tisn't right, tisn't proper, etc. dialogue from the book in the 75 version. Maybe the old Judd did say that, but I can't understand it most of the time. <laughs> it is fun comparing the 70s versus 20-teens version. I think one problem with 75 is they didn't know how to portray drunks very well. Maybe that's why the new Judd and the new Francis are better. I think just if we could understand the Taz and Tasmania voice, yes. we would find that he probably was saying the lines from the book because most people were, but... Yeah. but in, he, could have been, he could have just been saying random words and... We wouldn't I think know any one, one of those commentary uh, <laughs> tracks is an episode that was very heavy in Judd and we would just talk yes. over it about random stuff because we didn't know what was going yes. on. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, original flavor Judd. Oh, we're <laughs> sorry. sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, back to the letter. Uh, now for recommendations. They are lighter and fluffier than recent ones. Um, yesterday, a new one about the guy who remembers the Beatles and no one else does. I know it's not period drama, although maybe an alternative universe is a different <laughs> period, but it has a Poldark connection. Morwenna, Elise Chappelle. Um, I'm not sure if she has even one line of dialogue, but oh, the eyebrow I acting. saw this film like <laughs> two weeks ago, which is why I don't think we can, because I don't want to watch it so soon after... <laughs> she was like billed as being a much bigger deal, like at the premiere and stuff. And then when I watched the movie, she's not allowed to have any lines. Oh, no. <laughs> she's been cut out. She just shows up twice, and oh, you're like, no. "Oh, this poor girl." <sighs> oh, oh gosh. Um, an another recommendation that she has is a little chaos. Uh, it's on Netflix here in the U.S. It has our man Matthias Schoenarts. 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 Okay. Uh, Mr. Oak. Hubba hubba. Also nice scenery and a bunch of great actors. Quite diverting. Keep on podcasting and say, stay safe. Your devoted listener, Carol. Love me a period drama. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Carol. And we <laughs> are going to take your recommendation of A Little Chaos because... Um, yeah. As well as being on Netflix in the US, it's on 
Amazon Prime Video in the UK. So again, awesome. another one we don't have to pay money for. Woo! <laughs> or you know, we 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 are paying for it, but you know, it doesn't yeah. feel like it because it's kind of invisible. Anyway, it anyway. gets taken out of our bank accounts every month. It's fine. yes, yes. Oh, anyway, that is all from us in this week's mini-sode. We'll be back next week where we will be watching A Little Chaos and if you have any other suggestions about what we should be watching after that or just want to chat then please get in contact. You can message us on our blogs email us at poldockfancast at gmail.com or find us on all your social medias at poldockfancast and as ever do us a huge favour rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, really. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Stay at home. Register to vote. And above all, don't have a gender reveal party. (laughs) Yes, please don't don't host a gender reveal party. Especially here on the West Coast, although I don't know if there's anything left to be put on fire. But there, there is. I'm exaggerating, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah. There's always more. There's always <laughs> there's, more there's agony. Always, there's always more. Um, welcome to the apocalypse. We have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> uh, positive note. Bye-bye. Bye.
Show.